0: Crafty Radio episode one fourteen May Seventh. Drafty Radio Episode One Fourteen May 7th.
1: Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. This is the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Jeff Bear. I'm Greg Weiss. And today's my brother's birthday. Happy birthday, Kevin. Happy birthday,
0: Kevin. And, um... Very rarely do we announce birthdays on this show. Yes. I only have one brother, so... Okay, so today we're doing a really cool show. Well, Jeff's my bro. Brother's from another mother. (laughs) Today we are doing Wisconsin beers.
1: So, listeners, Paul and Brandon put together this show for us. Paul and Brandon, thank you very much. And uh, in the pre-show, we should say we did the South Shore Breweries Rhodes Scholar Stout, which is a
0: milk stout. It was okay. There was a little. There's some rough edges to that. Beer. Yes. Listen to the pre-show for more comments on it. Although we don't necessarily get into beer hugely on the pre and post shows, we did talk about it a little bit.
1: So we have a bunch of um, very flavorful beers here tonight, and we're going to try to do them from least to most. Like well, you're we making
0: you're making an assumption right there.
1: Flavorful styles. Okay. We're gonna start with the MyBoch from Capital Brewery.
0: Middletown, Wisconsin. Middleton. It's a Mybach or a Hellas Bach. Again, they do not have the information on alcohol by volume here on the Beer Advocate site. But I know what a Hellas is like. A Hellas is a relatively sweet lager. Now a Hellas Bach would be what, an even sweeter lager?
1: uh Mybachs are springtime box. They're golden in color compared to brown where most box are. They're typically hoppier than most box, where most box are just all malt. You know, They're just malt bombs, hardly any hops in it. But these, uh, at least my box that I've had you know, have been hoppier. This one pours a, a golden color, very clear.
0: Definitely smell the hops on there. Definitely smells like... The color looks like um, actually Pilsner
1: quell. It pours yeah. this like gold yeah. color, very clear, um, like Bohemian Pilsner type color.
0: Smells like a, a Zotz hop or something along those lines. It has a little bit of a spiciness to it. Actually, my nose is a little stuffed up, so let me go get some tissues. Oh, you're the stuffed up one now. Yeah,
1: yeah so uh, I'm getting some some sweet malt like you would from a Hellas, You're getting some um, some like Pilsner malt. You get a little bit of that sulfur DMS type aroma. Might be getting some hops in the aroma, but I'm mostly picking up like a Pilsner malt type aroma.
0: It's got that definite biscuity malt. Oh, yeah. Sweetness. The hops are pretty subdued actually in the flavor. There's really an upfront mixed biscuit with a little bit of cream uh flavor to it. And it's actually relatively it's thicker than I thought mm-hmm. on the mouth. Thicker yeah. than I thought
1: it would be. Relatively full mouthfeel for for what you'd expect. Um mm-hmm. Lots of biscuity. Heavy carbonation, uh, I, I don't disagree with anything he said. Lots of biscuity. There's a little bit of hops in there, balancing it out, because so it's not overtly sweet. Hop flavor, though, hop aroma, I'm not getting too much of that.
0: It still feels Zotzi. <laughs> like Yahtzee. <laughs> One of those other continental hops. This is a spring release. Why don't you go to the
1: Capital uh, Brewing page and see what Why other kind I of beers they that? make.
0: Apparently, they have a new Island Wheat Ale, which sounds good to me because I always love wheat beers. They're seasonal mybach. They have a recipe for a poppy seed cake using the mybach, Ooh. And a beer cheese veggie soup. But they do not seem to have information on the beer itself. No. Not what I like to see from a brewery. Right. website.
1: We got a challenge from thebrewlounge.com.
0: What kind of
1: challenge? Well, the Penguins, our beloved hockey team. The who? The Pittsburgh Penguins. My beloved hockey team. Okay. Is playing the Philadelphia Flyers in the Eastern Conference Finals starting on
0: Friday. Now, how long do hockey playoffs last? Until the Stanley Cup is won, how long do they they start and they last for what two months, three months, some uh, yeah, I guess some ridiculous um, amount like that? Well,
1: there's four series, seven best of seven each, and sixteen teams make the playoffs. A little bit unlike baseball, right? <laughs> but okay, continue. So the Penguins are playing the Flyers, both Pennsylvania teams, bitter rivals. You know, we don't like those Philadelphia as much over there. They don't mm. like us much. Greg doesn't care. Um, but he challenged us to one of those clever intercity bets, wagers. Okay. The way this is going to work is he emailed his contact list of brewers and beer people. And I emailed my contact list of beers and brewers and beer people. And we're going to get each Pittsburghers and Philadelphians to pledge items to the pool. And then the team that wins gets the losing team's items. And then we're going to raffle them off to... Listeners Like drawings. Give them away to the listeners. We're going to you know, promote people that are generous enough to pledge things. And even though our team, the Pittsburgh team, is not going to have to pay out any of these items, Penn Brewing, Tom Pastorius emailed me back. He's going to donate a 750 milliliter of Penn Weizenbach,
0: awesome. which won
1: a silver medal to the uh, World Beer Cup this past month. East End Brewing and Bocktown Bar and Grill are going to donate some past vintages of Gratitude Barley Wine. Wow, and that's what we got so far. We got another day here, day and a half before the pledges close, and uh, we will be taunting and tormenting the Brew Lounge during yeah. the series
0: because it's fun. Go Penguins! I guess.
1: So I had some time this past weekend, late one night. I spent several hours catching up on the last two months' worth of email that I've been neglecting. Mm-hmm. So I answered a lot of people. So people finally got replies from Jeff. And uh, we were going to set up a couple of uh, interviews, a teletasting. And I got a whole pile of emails here, a couple notable ones worth running through. Uh, Chris Steining wrote in. He said... Uh, We asked for suggestions on beer education type subjects. You know, you were talking about, you know, geeking out on hops and things like that. He uh, went a little more simple where he wanted um, to pick out the major classes, the major flavors of things you pick out in beer, hops, barley, things like that. And then widely available styles that showcase those. So Sam Adams would be Maltese, Sierra Nevada would be Hoppy, you know, something like that. So that was uh, an idea he had. It's it's a pretty good one.
0: I think it's somewhat similar to the idea I had, you know. Back to the Basics. Back to the Basics yeah. last week where we do present, uh, that, was in the, that was more of a sense of presenting iconic versions of styles as opposed to mm-hmm. iconic versions of tastes. Yeah. I think that both of them have a good value, and I think that Chris, is it's actually a good idea. And he said the we CMO. could do a series on that. He of. sent this
1: email back in March, so you might have got the idea from him. <laughs>
0: uh, it, it may have been just something that kind of went into my head through osmosis, and I yep. just sort of picked it up now.
1: Uh, James wrote in. He said he discovered the show recently and has had his conversion to craft beers in 1996. So he's been drinking craft beers for quite a while. hmm He um, mentions that he indulges in Red Hook's ESB. What's our opinion on the brand since it's brewed in New Hampshire and Washington? And, uh, oh, future congrats on my upcoming baby. (laughs) You can see how late
0: the response on that one was, well, Red Hook's ESB. In general, Red Hook fails to impress me. They are not a bad brewery by any sense, but they don't hit the highs that some other breweries have hit.
1: Yeah, I I was never, wasn't in craft beer early enough, You know, at least a wide distribution of craft beer early enough to try the old delicious Red Hook ESB that you hear people talk about. Uh, so people say it's not as good as it used to be. I've made an argument that it may be that, or it may be something I like to call the fondness of memory. Beer you haven't had in a long time, always mm-hmm. tasted so good. Or it could be the evolution of the market. Imagine this: back in the early nineties, Redhook ESB with the exact same formula as today was well, a, lot a lot more different,
0: than- heavier,
1: compared to the rest of the market than it is today with double IPAs and imperial stouts and everything else. The market has grown up, so if you stay the same, you actually lose ground. So it may be that kind of situation too. I don't want to dwell on it too long, because we've talked about this before, but I just wanted to kind of give our opinions for James.
0: It somewhat fits in. Red Hook and Rogue, to me, share a little bit of the same problem, in the sense that they're popular, they have a lot of styles that they do. I always feel like they never go the extra mile that they really could. Rogue, to me, is is even more guilty of that, because they have a really wide and diverse uh, selection Right. And they really try new things all the time, but nothing I feel ever hits that nine or ten level.
1: I think we've talked about this before because I've brought up things like their their I two P A, their Imperial IPA. I think is great. Um, their Shakespeare Stout is very good, chocolate stout. Um, however, to agree with what you've been saying, you know, John, they always do these John's Locker stock, these one off draft offerings, and you try them, and like you know, the last five or six that I've had really been nothing all that exciting. So I kind of agree where they're doing these one off beers, and at least the ones I've had just really haven't been that memorable.
0: I really think that someone with the the kind of market presence Rogue has and the kind of notoriety Rogue has, they can go off on some crazy tangents and try really crazy things along the I mean look at what Jolly Pumpkin is doing and they're just doing crazy stuff after crazy stuff now Jolly Pumpkin's a different a different brewery I right. understand they have a different concept behind their brewery but look at say look at uh, Great Lakes which does mm-hmm. interesting beers all the time they try to add new things they try to play around a lot look at well I mean look at Sam Adams they've they throw out this that presidential pack really mm-hmm. They, I'm sure they lost money on it. They just did it because it was a fun thing to do.
1: Right. You no, know, I don't want to sound like that. I disroke I because I, I diss their special beers. People might assume I diss all their beers, but no, I really like things like the the brutal bitter. I think Dead Guy's a good beer. I don't have any problems with Dead Guy. I think it's a good solid standby. If you it's been a while, you've had since you've had a good amber or something. Been a while since I've had Dead you Guy. Know? Yeah, Dead Guy's good. Uh, so I actually I like their normal lineup more than I like these locker stocks that I've been trying.
0: The best rogue I can think of, the one that really impressed me the most, is their Chipotle. Uh, that was good, yeah. Their Chipotle beer because that's like they they, they nailed getting pepper in a beer.
1: Fatheads had chocolate stout on
0: cask this weekend. I almost run, rolled down there to try it. <laughs> chocolate stout, you know it's it's not chocolate.
1: One more email, and let's get back to the beers we're All drinking right. today. Uh, Bill from Dallas wrote in, we were talking about the Elisa IPA from St. Arnold Brewing Company. We had no idea what the Elisa was. He said it's named after a ship that's docked in Galveston, Texas. The Elisa was a British merchant ship that, according to the guys at St. Arnold's, have, may have carried IPA at one point in its sailing history. As a result, they named their IPA after the ship. That's so they're cool. kind of,
0: yeah, I mean, it's cool, but they're also kind of like, you know, playing around with Taking liberties.
1: Yeah. But if it had carried IPA. That that's that's cool. That's I like it. Now we need to do some digging into the information to make sure it's not just marketing. Twists. It
0: somewhat reminds me of when I was I, I was explaining to somebody that you know, one of the best porters in the country that I've had is Edmund Fitzgerald Porter from Great Lakes, and someone said they they named a beer after the Edmund Fitzgerald, <laughs> and I was like, you know, it's kind of a memorial beer, and they're saying, would you name a nine eleven beer? <laughs> that's a good point yeah there, there is something to say for that but what are you gonna do there's a
1: good ship before it sunk
0: yeah look there you go <laughs> the good ship Edwin Fitzgerald
1: another good brewery from Texas that you should know about is Live Oak out of Austin unfortunately they don't bottle their beers so you have to visit Texas to give them a try if you ever get down this way seek them out you will not be disappointed never heard of Live Oak so add one to your list anyone who's traveling to Texas sounds good to me you want to move on to another yes. beer? Yes. So we're finishing up the Maybach from Capital Brewing, and uh, I liked it. A little bit maltier than some of the other Maybachs I've had recently, but it's a nice, nice Maybach. A like
0: nice, nice Maybach, a nice drinker. Maybe a little high on alcohol for it to be really you know, anything to be considered sessionable, but it does drink well. If you're looking for something with a lot of flavor and you want to save your sobriety, it's probably not your best choice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here we have
1: an Imperial Oatmeal Porter. Not yet. No. Russian Imperial Stout. Not yet. Not yet. Dinger, Not yet. Imperial Weizen. Not yet. So I guess we followed this one. This is New Glarus Brewing Company's Snowshoe Ale. Snowshoe.
0: Hopefully it's not a barley one. <laughs> I can tell you what it is. New Glarus Snowshoe is... an American Amber, a Red Ale. 5.7% alcohol by volume. Interesting. Why would they call that Snowshoe?
1: I don't know. Actually, it probably says here on the side. I'll let you know after I pour it. New Glarus is world-renowned for uh, their wild... Fruit beers like mm-hmm. uh, Belgian Red and Raspberry Tart.
0: There's a little bit of a tart hoppiness to this, but I don't think it's going to be a sour beer. I think it's mostly the uh, the okay, hops here. Okay, so
1: here's a little bit about the beer,
0: and and there's a little spice coming through too. Maybe almost something almost cinnamony.
1: Okay, so what we have here is American and German malts. A complicated decoction mash process ensures a rich multi-flavor, so it goes through the part of the process that a Doppelbock will go through. Uh, We also infuse generous amounts of Yakima, Golding, and Bavarian Hallertau hops to add a special note of warmth... Okay, that's what it says. I didn't read it wrong. Bavarian and Hallertau hops add a special note of warmth to your winter evening's enjoyment. Expect this beer to be a beautiful copper-red... In fruity ale body with spiced hop finish. And sit back and rejoice in the season because these Wisconsin winters, that keep the winers out.
0: <laughs> winters keep the winers out? Winters keep the winers out. All right. So the more I smell, the more I'm smelling something along the lines of, okay, uh, a ripe peach with a bit of nutmeg put on it.
1: I'm getting a... I'm getting a bit of spice in there, too. It's, um... Were you saying nutmeg? Is that what you said? Yeah. I agree. I concur, Mm -hmm. doctor. (laughs) Seems like there's a bit of nutmeg flavor there. You get this malty amber. There's a little bit of hops there. fair amount of CO2 in the aroma. It's making the whole beer smell a little bit thin and sharp. You know, like the malty gets cut by the CO2.
0: I've been having nutmeg on my mind recently because I've been into chai tea. We have a coffee place right near me and those chai teas with nutmeg and cinnamon on them are awesome.
1: Flavor on this one is um, refreshing light body. Very aqueous, too. A nice wet body. And then there's this hoppy bitterness and a little bit of spice that kind of pokes at you a little bit. Craig has a very crooked
0: pondering look on the It stage. tastes pretty dry to me and it tastes really somewhat on the metallic side. I'm getting a slight bit of
1: metallic, but I'm getting more so I, I wouldn't say it back. has like I wouldn't say it has like a twang or anything to it. It's just a slight little bit of steeliness to it or something like yeah,
0: that. Yeah, there's just something in there that's kinda ironish. It's it's kind of it doesn't doesn't taste quite right. It's got Sort of an upfront, a little bit of caramel and a dark malt kind of stuff, but in the back in bitterness. But then on the side, particularly on on the right hand side of my tongue, it really feels very, very much like you know iron. Like you were, like you had a cut, and you were sucking on your your the blood in your cut. You can taste that iron in your blood. You can taste that metallicness in it. It doesn't. I'm not really feeling it.
1: Okay. I'm a little stuffed up today, so I'm having a hard time smelling. Mm-hmm. So Greg's actually going to be the nose on, a, on the show today. Think fresh peach, fresh
0: cut, kind of mushy peach.
1: I'm not thinking peach. I'm thinking like I'm not sure I'm smelling it when I'm consciously thinking. If it popped in my head was cantaloupe.
0: I'm not going to disagree with you. I think it, it's much more of a more like older, the older
1: like towards the rind of the cantaloupe. You know, yeah, way, way it, it's deep.
0: not like the fruit of the cantaloupe. Yeah. It's it's more and it's and it's got other other aromas in there mm-hmm. too. I, that there's an aspect of that that I can definitely see in there. Now I'm tasting. And that's kind of the watery. You know, his cantaloupe is kind of a watery mm-hmm. aroma in a sense. Yeah.
1: Now that it's warming up and getting towards the end, I'm getting more hop flavor. It's uh you know, maybe I'm suspecting from the Yakima. Yakima is kind of a workhorse hop, not known for its floral aromatics or anything like that. And you know, maybe that steeliness you're tasting is kind of from that
0: hop. I think. I wouldn't surprise. I don't think they really you know shoved iron bars into the fermenting tank when they did this. Mm-hmm. It just. Some hops do have it, and we talk about the Noble twang all the time. Some hops have a tendency to give out some of those flavors. This is pretty overt to me. This, this reminds
1: thing, yeah. me similar – you know how it's like dry, there's not much maltiness to it, but there's a malt backbone but not malt flavor. I had a homebrew from um, a guy the other day. Um, he's in the Scout Troop, and we've, you know, we've known each other homebrew for years, but I've never tried any of his beers. He gave me an IPA to, to try, and it was a mini mash IPA. And it didn't have enough floral hop flavor, and it wasn't you know sweet like a English IPA was. But it had a similar malt character to this one, where it's present, but just kind of an undertone that's just straight through. There's no humps anywhere. It's just this solid malt
0: base to it. Maybe it'd be best to think about the metallic, like, somewhat like... Very strong, resiny pine. Like, imagine taking a couple pine needles. Okay. You know, and there's there's a lot of that. Pine needles and maybe a a nickel (laughs) in your mouth. Okay. There's a a strong little bit of pine there. And at the end, there's bitterness in the back of of the mouth, and there's a little bit of a a potpourri-esque aroma coming through. But overall... I'm not really that impressed with this beer.
1: I don't disagree. Yeah, it's a little bit disappointing from Nugler. As you'd expect, you know, a good wintertime drinker to be have something a little more going on. I'm thinking like the Yoko that we had. Remember, that was a pretty plain beer, but had all kinds of fascinating aspects mm-hmm. to it. James Spencer sent us an email a long time ago. He said, have you tried, tasted the Sam Adams Longshot Grape Pale Ale in the bottle? It's supposed to have grape and maple flavoring. Just wondering what you think. Actually, I told him I haven't seen any of the long shots on the shelf since they came out. I had it at the GABF. It was okay. Not as good as the other two winners, but it was was good. Uh, I didn't know there was maple syrup in it. I missed that part.
0: Maple flavoring. Maple flavoring? Is that like what they have put into the coffee? I don't know. Not really maple, but it kind of sort of tastes like it. Adam says, If you guys haven't come to the Michigan Brewers Guild Beer Fest, you should consider it. Well, after our Michigan show... <laughs> yeah i probably i really am considering it there's an area in michigan that's much like southeast pa that has a great concentration of craft brewers west of the state there's bells of kalamazoo founders in great rapids Michigan, <laughs> great rapids brewing company new holland brewing company and arcadia and Battle creek all within one half an hour of each other all of them come to the fest except bells they're now too big nice you
1: know luckily except for founders in grand rapids let me get, oh, Yeah, we get the other uh, three breweries here in Pittsburgh, so we Mm -hmm. get a pretty good representation from Michigan
0: here in Pittsburgh. Don Osborne said, uh, "We remember when we tried to do a in in the post show, we tried to do a a A black black and tan, tan. yeah, a crazy Uh, black and tan. It was was it a wheat beer and uh, a raspberry poison (laughs) berry with poison berry wheat with with a breakfast stout or something? Some crazy stout. I forget which one." Oh, Cal- it was just Kalamazoo Stout. It was just Kalamazoo Stout. And Dan Osborne said one of the beers, probably the one on top, which would be likely, yeah, someone... needs to be a nitro widget can or a bottle or tap. I learned the hard way doing the exact same thing you did, because what we did is it just mixed together.
1: Yeah, we knew that the dark beer goes on top, but we used the normally CO2 beer, and it just completely mixed. It didn't layer at all. So you have to use nitro beers in your black, on, black and tan.
0: And with me with really kind of a dislike for nitro beers, unless they're <laughs> really awesome, which yep. I haven't really found...
1: Old well, Dominion's Oak Barrel Stout was was worthy on Nitro. Chris had a interesting question. He um, got some Brooklyn beers because he heard us talking about the Brown Ale on the show, and he noticed on the label it was brewed in Utica, New York, instead of Brooklyn, New York. And he's like, "What's up with that?" And uh, he he talked about Utica has a rich brewing history. Who could possibly forget the Matt's Beer Ball? Just kidding. Uh, if you were familiar with the beer ball, it's a big brown plastic sphere with a cake like pump. So it's a party ball that the big mm-hmm. brewers have, have adopted as well.
0: Like the party pig that we had from
1: <laughs> well, that's a little weird. Also in Utica, there's the Saranac line.
0: Well, Brooklyn doesn't actually brew their beer in Brooklyn, right? I don't know if they ever did.
1: When Brooklyn opened up, they didn't have a brewery in New York City. All their beer was made at FX Mad in Utica, New York. And then they opened the brewery that they have now, and they do some draft beer there. And they do Brooklyn Local One there. That's actually the first bottled beer that ever come out of the mm-hmm. Brooklyn Brewery. Brooklyn very heavily invests, you know, in FX Matt to make their beers for. Him. And FX Matt does a bunch of contract brewing for lots of people. I think he does the Saranac. And um I'm throwing a blank right now, but he's a big contract brewer. I I told him I would do some research for this show about you know, finding out like who else contract brews and things like that. But How'd I that go? It didn't go very well. <laughs> That was when I was doing all those emails. I'm like, oh, I got all kinds of time to do all kinds of stuff. Jeff has a baby, yes, so someday we're gonna do some research on contract brewing and who does what and where and why and how, and just give us give you guys a little bit of information about it would really brewing.
0: cool to tour a contract brewery mm mm-hmm. that's something that we you know we've toured breweries that were one brewer. We've never toured a contract brewer. over here, here, we're doing Sam Adams over here, we're doing Saranac over here, we're doing Flying Dog.
1: Or And, and you know, the the uh, challenges they have for changing up. Maybe yeah. they don't have different sections, maybe they change the production line to mm-hmm. do it. And what challenges do they have to change to make different beers?
0: We saw something similar when we went on the barley tour with anheuser Push where we were looking at all the barley and stuff that they had for I think that was Budweiser. That may have been just Bud Light, actually, that we were looking at. All that barley was just Bud Light. But we know that they do their Michelob stuff there, too. They do all their Budweiser beers. So it's its multi-purpose.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, actually, I didn't catch it. they were just making Bud Light barley there. I missed that part. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just curious... You know, you know, you know, uh, just curious, you know, what they have to change in the production line to, to make. I, I bet you if a brewery is set up to do different things like that, then they're set up for the the most complex. And then they just scale back complexity to the other ones or something like that. Craig in Chicago says, I'm writing from Chicago and asking, when are you going to do a Goose Island spotlight? Yes, they may get help from AB, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but they're well loved in the windy. I really love the Bourbon County Stout on Draft and once was lucky enough to chase down a brewery dinner with glasses of cash-conditioned special brown ale. The brown ale was a great brew, almost smoky, and they have such a specially unique house flavor, generally, a pretty hop, or generally pretty hoppy across styles. Also, any plans to review a brew from the Goose? Check out Matilda and Pierre Jacques.
0: Well, we'd like to do an Illinois show.
1: Well, I mentioned uh, we can't get Goose Island here, so we're not going to be doing a uh, Goose Island Spotlight on our own accord. But if someone wants to send us, I've actually had Matilda before. That's tasty. And I think the only other Goose Islands I've had is the Honkers. And I don't know. Really, the When I had it, in the situation I had it, which really wasn't beer appreciation, it just seemed like a normal kind of blandish brown ale, but I'd happily try it again.
0: All right, so our next beer.
1: Let's do the other New Glarus. All right. This says, New Glarus Unplugged, an Imperial Weizen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do like the sound of that. Oh, it's got a little foil on it.
1: Yep. New Glarus Brewing Company.
0: Their cap says, Drink Indigenous. I don't see Unplugged here on the list. Is this the Weizen Doppelbach?
1: It says, Imperial Weizen up on the neck label. It says, Unplugged down on the bottom. I think maybe Unplugged is a series of beers, and Imperial Weizen's is the beer.
0: Take a look at their website see what they have to say.
1: So I'm going to pour a little bit, and then I'm going to do some swirls and make sure we get all the delicious yeastiness out of this beer.
0: Oh, I was looking at the Capital Brewery. No wonder I couldn't find it. (laughs) That would make sense. Unplugged Imperial Weizen.
1: I had to take a snort of the uh, foam so it didn't go all over the table. There's a lot going on in that foam. Such as? Spicy, pepperiness, lots and lots of phenols in the foam. Some people paint, some sing. Others write, I brew Daniel Carey. A few times a year, well, Dan will cut loose and brew whatever he chooses. Uncensored, uncut, unplugged. Always handcrafted in the bottle. What you hold you hold is brewed... What? Oh, the bottle you hold is brewed for the the adventurous adventurous soul. soul. There is a
0: very limited edition. (laughs) This is a very limited edition, and we make no promises to ever brew this style again.
1: Oh, here we go. Do not waste time
0: trying to box this brew into an esoteric guide to styles. This is Dan's bold creation. His passion for unfiltered vice collides with cascade hops, inventing our imperial hefeweizen.
1: Dry hopping boldly rules over Wisconsin red wheat. And our special strain of Bavarian Weiss yeast.
0: At almost 20 OP. Uh, original Play Doh. At almost 20 original Play Doh, this is the Super Mac Daddy. I haven't seen that on a beer label in a while. <laughs> this is the Super Mac Daddy of Weiss beers. De- decoction mashing was followed by excessive dry hopping to create a fierce onslaught of clove, cinnamon, and citrus, all in this living beer.
1: Don't bother waiting to enjoy this. Don't bother waiting to enjoy. The time is now.
0: Mm-hmm. This is 9.6% alcohol by volume. Holy crap. You get some of that uh, stuff in there? Did you pour the yeast in Oh, it? yeah. You got the yeast.
1: Alcohol, clove, and uh, grapefruit. So we got some citrus in there. Some oranges. Oranges maybe more than cinnamon
0: grapefruit. Cinnamon is a big flavor. Think, Think cinnamon. My nose is kind of broke, so... Mm. Alcohol, clove, cinnamon, um, blood orange. Holy crap! Really high cinnamon, really a lot of cinnamon there, and clove, big time.
1: Flavors. I'm getting tons of grape, of citrusy hops. I'm getting uh, almost a flavor you get in some like harvest beers, you know, in fresh hop beers.
0: There's only no doubt this is Cascade. This is one of those grapefruit... I mean, grapefruit in a wheat beer is not something you find very often. Except for, like, Rabbit Rabbit. (laughs) Right. This presents an interesting mix. I'm sorry, not Rabbit Rabbit. The
1: uh, the Three Floyds wheat beer is the cat. Um, The cat?
0: The cartoon cat. Uh, Oh, Gumbelhead. Gumbelhead, that's it. I'm trying to wrap my head around it, because I know that it's, it's good,
1: but <laughs> I also true, know good. that it's
0: weird. It's different. When I think of a wheat beer, I think of something that's a little bit more...
1: There you go. Trying to uh, classify this beer in a, what do they call it? An esoteric,
0: esoteric guide to styles? maybe, maybe they have a case. Wheat beers to me are, well, I love wheat beers. They're really drinkable. They have this kind of texture about them that really lends itself. Well, this has the texture. It has has the texture, but then it gets that rindy grapefruit Mm -hmm. that in a sense displaces that texture a bit, at least to me. It has a big, big, bold amount of these Uh, These phenols here, these uh, big, peppery, Mm -hmm. clovey, cinnamon stuff, not really a lot of banana. Really, it's much more those hops are coming through and kind of overpowering any of the esters. Mm -hmm. Sure. But the phenols are definitely coming through very strongly.
1: I like it a lot. I think it's immensely drinkable. The 9% alcohol is hardly noticeable. And uh, I think the phenols, the wheat, and the hops, while it's an unusual pairing, I think it works well.
0: And I'm not entirely sure what I think about it. I feel conflicted very much because it's got some really interesting flavors there and some flavors I definitely enjoy. It also almost feels like it's bludgeoning me.
1: It is imperial, but you know, is what imperial beer is not going to bludgeon you a little bit.
0: There are imperials that that are not exactly going, are not exactly, while well, while they're strong beers, they have a lot of intense flavor. They're not just kind of they're they're more Beethoven than Rachmaninoff in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, they're 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 more style, they're more and they're more harmonic with each other as opposed to this, which is kind of all over the place. And it's all over the place in a very interesting way. I mean, Rachmaninoff is a very interesting composer. Uh-huh. It's not Philip Glass, but it it's also... You're speaking
1: Spanish to me, man. I, I know a little <laughs> bit about Rachmaninoff. <laughs> Philip Glass, no clue.
0: Um, it, its It's really... It's hard for me to nail it down you know how i have that problem sometimes where i'm like okay i'm really trying to figure this beer out now here's a question for
1: you i'm ready to tell the listeners that this is a beer in course of a one-time offering so you're not gonna have much opportunity to do this but i would say this is one you don't pass up you try this one at all means necessary is it an experience worth not missing
0: It's not a wow beer to me. Not in any way. It's... It's a beer that you can take in one of two ways. You can take it as a wow. This is a lot of really crazy flavors all thrown together that, have, that I'm interested in. You can take it as... This kind of tastes like a mesh of stuff that almost has a soapy flavor to it. There's... There's two ways you can approach this and I don't know whether I can fullheartedly recommend this beer.
1: Okay. Well I'm gonna say it. If you have the opportunity to try the Imperial Bison from Nu Glarus, don't pass it up. It's an interesting flavor. You get tons of peppery, you get tons of grapefruit, and they're they're I think they're complimenting more than they're fighting, but Greg disagrees. Greg thinks they're fighting more than they're complimenting. At least stomping on each other.
0: You know which one you listen to as we I mean, come up. Yep. He knows the real
1: Next email is kind of uh, apropos. Uh, Alexander wrote it. any specific reason, you waited to the very end of the show to talk about wild beers. It seemed quite obvious during the tasting that you considered several of these beers to be worthy of the wild wow factor.
0: This is about their 110 in New China, too.
1: You sounded to me as if you were r- reticent to use the wild term.
0: I think we are.
1: Yeah. I think that... Well, we had talked about this in a later show, which probably someone preemptively answered this email.
0: When we were first getting into things, it was easy to be wowed. 114th Show is a lot harder to wow us. And we're also very cognizant of the idea that if we say wow... It's putting it on this special category. It's putting it on a special category because we've already put out wow here. To me... Well, 110 was a fantastic show. And I really still very much believe that Beard to Mars was the best beer I've ever had.
1: That's awesome. But we, we did talk about this a little bit, and I want to recap quickly, not dwell on this too long. So we, we talked about two kinds of wild beers in a later show. The ones that give us the instant impression of, wow, that's neat. Wow, that's interesting. Wow, that's different. And this Imperial Vison is almost a good example. I didn't utter a wow, but it wasn't very far from me uttering wow because it's different and interesting and worth trying and not worth not passing up. Mm-hmm. Then there's wow, this is one of the best years I'm going to have this year. So there's a, some of those are definitely going to be in the same category, and there's going to be beers that are definitely in a different category for those ones. There might be a beer where we say wow, but then rank it fourth. Mm-hmm. Because it's interesting and different, but it's not the best beer we've had tonight. So,
0: Yeah, but, it, it's, it's something that has evolved over time as we've done the show. We've kind of realized what qualifies as a wow beer versus what doesn't, as we've had some very fantastic beers on the show that don't quite fit into that category. Yep. And we've had some beers on the show that are just absolutely amazing and deserve as much praise as they can possibly get. Another really great—and a wow beer on that show was that that coffee Doppelbach, <laughs> which was—part of the reason why it was a wow beer was it was so completely unexpected. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason was that it almost overshadowed every other fantastic beer we had that night because it was so good. And part of the reason it was a wow beer was just because— We've never had anything like that before. Mm -hmm. Those all combined together to make it an absolute certain wow beer, at least in my mind. Like I said, the the beer to Mars was, and I've had a lot of beer, the best beer I have ever had. And I have no qualms about saying that. See, that would be tough for me to pick. Very tough.
1: I'll have to think about that let see if I can come up with the best beer I've ever had. Well, you rated it second, so it... Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, we got a... Uh, Scott sent us a link about uh, lower alcohol beers being served in stadiums. So, you know, crappy beer. Bud was normally four point right. two, four point four, 4.4, something like that. And they serve 3.2 Bud in stadium. They water it down, essentially. Yeah. They charge eight fifty for a glass of 3.2% beer.
0: You know, when you go into a stadium, you kind of have to expect that. The nice thing is we can get like Penn Pilsner here in PNC Park, and they're not going to water that down. Mm-hmm. Am I really caring that they're watering down Budweiser? Because the whole point of drinking Budweiser at a uh, a sporting event is either just to have something to drink... Or to get ridiculously drunk and act like a fool.
1: At the very end of the article, they quoted one of the guys at the game. And he's like, it's only Miller Lite. You know, it would be travesty if they were watering down some microbrew, right? Right. So that's kind of the point of that. I found it interesting that you could get Budweiser in two different alcohol gravities. You could get regular Bud and then thin Bud. i won't call it Bud Light because there's already one. But you can get regular Bud the, and thin Bud. You know, the but irony, makes,
0: the irony, the real irony is that it's probably a lot cheaper for them to produce the lower alcohol bud because they it, just they throw extra water it in, it might be in an and al- they sell it for a lot more because you're in a ballpark. Well, no,
1: the article said it's watered down. Knowing the brewers at Anheuser Busch, I would be surprised if they add the water afterwards. I would more presume that they brew a li- lower gravity beer.
0: I don't know. The carbonation is the same. That you don't notice a, a lower. Well, I mean, you area. could add
1: after the boil or whatever to water it down and ferment lower gravity beer. But at least me being optimistic is that Anheuser-Busch brews a 3.2% beer from the beginning to be a 3.2% beer. And they don't just brew for stadiums, they brew for Utah as well and a couple other states. So I'm trying to think that you know they care so much about what they do that they don't water it down. Adding water at the end to make it lower alcohol is abusing the beer crafting a 3.2% Budweiser well some people will think that's an oxymoronic phrase I give them more knowing
0: the brewers you know as we do yeah. we we definitely I, think I, at they,
1: least I hope that's what they do
0: well I mean we know they craft their beer the, the fact that we don't enjoy the beer they craft is is not neither here nor there we right. know that they're good guys who who know beer and, and craft their beer Is not craft beer but they craft their beer let's put it that way yeah, I mean in a sense I don't I really have no problem with them giving you lower alcohol beer at sporting events mm-hmm. cuz I know that if you're not drinking out if you're not drinking beer just, you know, for part and parcel of the event or part, you know, it just kind of cuz it feels right to drink a beer at a ball game.
1: Mm-hmm. If
0: you're drinking beer cuz you want to get drunk, I'd much rather they, lower, they give you a low-alcohol beer than they give you a high-alcohol
1: beer. Yeah. Actually, they call it part of their alcohol management plan.
0: Right. <laughs> when you think – and I was reading an interesting story about people who come from the United Kingdom to New York, and they walk around, and they, they, they hear these horror stories, and they walk around, and they expect to be, like, mugged on the first day, and, mm-hmm. you know – and they they are surprised and astonished. And some people who are who are uh, who are listeners who are not from this country may may have some ideas on this. They're surprised and astonished that it's not like super violence all the time in America. And in fact, most of the areas in America are much less violent than say, Really, some of the areas in in Britain where they have these soccer hooligan gangs running around, <laughs> getting super drunk and just beating up everybody they right. encounter. The in a sense, public drunkenness is very taboo in America, as opposed to in other countries.
1: Good point. I, from what I've gathered, I thought in general, being publicly drunk in Europe is not really looked up upon. You know, it's pretty insulting oh. to be publicly drunken.
0: Britain is a different place and you know especially when it applies to things like soccer there it's almost like part and part of the ritual is that you get really drunk and you beat up fans of the other team okay that's the the whole soccer hooligan thing
1: real quick Gary sent us an email this weekend Is Fred Fest at Hair of the Dog Brewing Company for celebrating Fred Eckhart's 82nd birthday so what beer is this that you just poured? this is Hopdinger from Oso's Brewing how do you spell that? Oh, postrophe yeso,
0: Oso. What's the name of it? Hopdinger. I got nothing.
1: Huh. Osobrewing.com. dot com. This pale ale is generously hopped, yet balanced through with the use of Munich and crystal malts. Hop. Hops added after fermentation and give this American classic an intense, romantic bouquet.
0: Okay, I see it on rate beer. There you go. Hop digger pale ale. Huh. What's that? The rating is
1: 15%. That's not good, is no. it? No. It smells like uh, plastic and soap and hops agree
0: yeah it's oh it smells really kind of like a like a load of old laundry before you take it to the laundromat
1: doesn't taste any better
0: That's really pretty bad. Yeah. What the hell is that? Is, is is this just is this just a a a beer that got totally destroyed by some bacteria or something?
1: It's plasticky, it's almost like they used chlorinated water when brewing. Let me give you some of that, you know? Uh
0: whew. These this guy says, tastes like rotten apple dipped in fresh plastic. <laughs> okay, so it's representative of the style of this, this beer. Is, this is, I would not recommend this beer at all. I
1: didn't bring the dump tankard in, so let's, uh, let's There's go. There's lots of
0: little floaty g- gook in here, too. Let's, let's
1: rinse the glasses and move on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you lose. All right, next beer. <laughs> 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 Sorry, guys. We appreciate you sending us all these beers, but hey, not everyone's going to be a winner, right? Tyrania, legendary Wisconsin beer from Lake Mills, Wisconsin. Brewers Gone Wild, an imperial oatmeal porter. Well, okay, that that is a good response to the beer we just had. I think
1: Tyranina, actually. There's a Dirty Old Man bre- Brewer's Gone Wild. Oh, this is uh, Devil Over a Barrel is the name of this
0: one. Devil Over a Barrel.
1: Peril Oatmeal Porter, brewed with coffee beans, aged in oak barrels, bourbon barrels.
0: Beer Advocate gives us a A+. a, a plus. So that should be encouraging after the last beer we had. I love oatmeal beers. I love that slickness that oatmeal gives you at the end of of the beer. So
1: this should be a lot like a good old breakfast out, right?
0: Well, you would hope.
1: Oatmeal, porter, coffee beans, oak barrels. So it's going to be a Kentucky breakfast. Devil over a barrel.
0: It's sinful. (laughs) It's sinful, says the little caricature of the person on the side. The demon horns. Center pre are Gone Wild series. We'll go into their website to see if I can find some more Take a look for the beers that I geek it out on the computer. Give me a second. They don't have any information. I didn't
1: get about to finish it. talking about FredFest, did I? Because of a uh, plastic rotten, oh,
0: <laughs> rotten wow. apple dipped
1: in plastic. Hello world. <laughs> <laughs> so FredFest is at Hair of the Dog Brewing Company, celebrating Fred Eckhart's 82nd birthday. Huge fest on Saturday, May 10th, which means uh, you're not going to hear this by the time that uh, you get the show. It's going to be over. Sorry. Special keg of Jim 07, Bridgeport to shoots Widmer, Hopworks, Urban Brewery, Rogan, Firestone Walker are participating. It smells great. It smells more than great. Greg's at a loss for words. He's just closing his eyes and breathing I'm just the beer. I
0: all I want to do is smell this. This is like opening a bag of awesome coffee beans and just
1: The smell makes you smile. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to smell because you're busy smiling and giggling like a little girl. Nice big roasty coffee I, beans. I swear. Try to smell it with a straight face. You <laughs> just can't. You can't. You can't. You smile. This thing makes you smile. It's smile-inducing.
0: Do we have to drink this? I just want to smell it all day. <laughs> I'm to take a bath in it.
1: That's good. I think it smells better, but it still tastes pretty good. There's yeah, this astringency at the end, though. This th- Two thirds of the way back of your tongue it kind of sits on there. It lingers there's a slight. Bitterness.
0: I wouldn't... Say a stringency more than a kind of slight tang. Mm-hmm. Um, the oak's
1: subtle in this. It's not like Kentucky Breakfast Oak where is It's very oak subtle, oak.
0: yeah. The, the flavor is very good. The flavor is not. I'm drinking some incredible coffee.
1: Sean sent us an email. Vermont-based Long Trail Brewing Company plans to sign a contract to become the largest commercial customer of Central Vermont's public service, Cow Power. That is a service that takes the methane that are released by
0: cows, I think, and uses it for energy. That second taste was a lot better. Okay. Beer Powered by
1: Cow Farts. Okay.
0: (laughs) Thank you for interjecting that into my description of the flavor. (laughs) All right. Think about this. Coffee, a little bit of oatmeal and sugar, and at the edge bourbon. That's this beer.
1: Yeah, second sip took the edge off, right? First, I mean, from the first sip, it it's tasting more coffee-like, more more
0: Inviting coffee, where the mm-hmm. first one was a bit on the harsh side. Strong coffee, kind of like you know, in, in certainly not doused by any cream or sugar. Strong, almost like bean juice in a sense. Um, with, like I say, on on the edge, there's there's actually a bit of kind of creamy oatmeal, and on the sides, bourbon, big big. Bourbon flavor.
1: I'm not getting big bourbon flavor at all. Really? I'm hardly getting any
0: bourbon flavor. It's there. It is. It's really right here. You hear my cheeks? Right in the back of my cheeks. That's where this bourbon is like pow.
1: I did a really big swish up in my cheeks, up around my gums, and everything. And it mostly brought out the coffee flavor even more. All I can say is you're wrong, but yeah, <laughs> getting really potent coffee flavor though. Very, uh, uh, very fresh brewed coffee flavor. Not coffee in beer flavor, but a lot of fresh brewed coffee flavor.
0: Right, and not, not not coffee flavor, but coffee bean flavor. Yeah, that's yeah, coffee bean flavor. It's yeah, because coffee gives you a different, somewhat fruitiness to it when you brew it. This is really kind of like you crush the beans and you put them into a lot of water and then Mm -hmm. you see what comes out. There's definitely a little bit of uh, that, that, I would say almost an oiliness that comes with the coffee beans themselves that would kind of get filtered out that is there present in this stout. The oatmeal is definitely there. It's really kind of surrounding the flavor and it's giving it a bit of a sweetness. I really, I I do enjoy this.
1: I got an answer back from Flying Dog about the uh, classic pale ale not saying doggy style on it. Fortunately, it's not an interesting story. They have some labels that say doggy style and other ones that don't. Yeah, some older labels that don't say doggy style, I guess. No reason they don't have it on the bottle we got, other than they have labels that don't say it.
0: Doggy style. I like doggy style. Do you like doggy style? I love it. (laughs) In more ways than one. But don't... We're talking about sex, by the way.
1: (laughs) Mike Fitzpatrick sent us an email. Uh, First off, he says that he drives past founders every day on his way to and from work. What a lucky man. He has a comment about our discussion for sour beers, where I mentioned, you know, you'd be surprised at how many people it's not an acquired taste. Non-beer drinkers seem to like that complex flavor. Surprising, even to me. But he says it definitely is an acquired taste for him. He's a big fan of beer. But he just cannot get his, you know, head around a sour beer. He tries, but
0: he doesn't much like them. So, mm-hmm. and so I just wanted to bring it up. That's surprising. I mean, it really is surprising because, like we say, pretty much everyone we've introduced sour beers to like it. I mean, this guy. Not who, everybody, but you know. I remember this guy who was deep into nothing but, a you know, regular. Crappy. It was in Japan, but it was you know the regular crappy support or whatever. And he had the occasional Belgian beer, and I gave him a shot, a taste of Cantillon, Lampic. I mm-hmm. mean, which is basically vinegar, right? And he loved it. Yeah, I, it's not, just I just
1: read it because it's a point that not everyone loves it. We can't assume that everybody loves Cantillon. So. it was? It, it was He's, yeah. Okay, uh, last uh, actually two
0: more emails, um, Kenny. Kenny, I hope you're, I'm saying this right, Kenny Ackerson just listened to the Centennial episodes. You were talking about the Shelton Importers and the Olfabrican beers. I just finished a bomber of their porter. I recommend trying to find it. It's not wonderful at describing... I'm not wonderful at describing flavors in beer yet, but it's very delicious. I wish I had more.
1: And we got an email from Arigato Go- Gozimasu Kyuchi's Brewery Hatino Ch-
0: Arigato, goi, arigato gozaimasu, which is, arigato gozaimasu is, uh, thank you very much, basically. <laughs>
1: it's, oh. It's, it's, it's not a person. It's nice.
0: Arigato gozaimasu.
1: Okay. Well, some person
0: <laughs> is fooling
1: me. Kyochi's Brewery Hitachino's line of Not Hitachino. There's no i.
0: Yeah. The vowels in, J- in Japanese are a, i, e, o, u. Okay, you just read this post. Hitachino. Read it. Kiyuchi Brewery's Hitocchino line of beers, including the Red Nest, have come into the Philadelphia market within the last year. So perhaps we'll be coming to Pittsburgh soon. Well, one can only hope. And arigatou gozaimasu for the information.
1: <laughs> All right. That's it for the emails. And uh, we're running long. So let's uh, move on to the last beer. Mm-hmm. All right. Greg's got a couple sips of that delicious Devil Over a Barrel from Tyranina.
0: I mean, the more I it, the more I really do enjoy. That first taste was a little bit, like, whoa. Oh, but then it really got to enjoy. And I definitely tasted bourbon. I'm surprised you don't.
1: I'm hardly picking up. Big Eddie Russian Imperial Stout. 9.5% from Jacob Leinenkugel Brewing Company.
0: Leinenkugel. Miller. Big Eddie Russian Imperial. They also have a Big Eddie Imperial IPA. This is not an Imperial IPA. Is it? That does smell really good, doesn't it?
1: Yep, smells like an imperial stout. We're getting a lot of really dark roast, uh, some some raisiny flavors mixed in, some alcohol. The powdered sugar? Powdered sugar? I think i smell a bit of sherry as well. I don't mm. know if it, I'm not sure if it's oxidized or if it's just a beer, but it smells like an oxidized beer in May.
0: Molasses. Fudge. Fudge. Take a sip of this, man. Okay, that's really good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's really really good.
1: So we're getting some getting some really uh I like brownie type flavors, some like thick cake, you know, thick fudgy cake-y, brownies.
0: Cakey uh big chocolate, a little bit of raspberry. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh um
1: think of like a black forest cake or something like that.
0: you know you know, what? remember that hot cake that we had at one of those oh, the uh, volcano? Things? Yeah. little... It, it tastes kind of like that. There's, um...
1: That is Heather giving the baby a bath
0: so she calms <laughs> down and stops crying. <laughs> There's, uh... I don't know. Um, you know, I think fudge is still a big flavor in here, too. Uh like raspberry you get a lot of raspberry uh just a slight amount of, of of raisin um maybe maybe fig even i don't know what i'm getting i'm just getting it's also very smooth really uh the carbonation is kind of low on this. It's, it's, it's really smooth and, and, and deep and...
1: Uh, it's a little sweet. Thick. Like, drinking more than six ounces of this, I think, might get on the tough side. It, it has this, like, sweet, lingering, coat your mouth. It gets yeah, sweeter the more is you drink it.
0: after dinner drink, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or if you're eating this with a chocolate cake. Yeah, but <laughs> it like, should go really well with a chocolate cake.
1: I've had three sips right now, and I've almost, you know, at my limit. Well, it tastes good. It's starting to fill up and just get overpowering. There
0: is a bit of a there's bitterness at the end, and there's a bit of a kind of yeah you know, the, the the sugariness at the end kind of piles on. But that first sip was really really good. We're gonna rank. Yeah, I guess we gotta. I guess we have to, right? It's, it's time the, to rank. It's kind this. of the custom that we've gotten ourselves <laughs> involved. It's with sort you. of our our trademark in a sense. We have a lot of beers to rank. I know which one is last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's much
1: su- much suspense. Uh oh how would how do you think you pronounce the brewery? o post free so. Oso?
0: oso? Hmm. As in oso oh, sucky. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that was rough. That was very rough. Um last place. Second to last place.
0: No, but but bring, the the, new- bring the bring the pre show beer into this old Oh I
1: I don't know. I'm gonna have to Um Okay, second to last place for me will be the Nugler Snowshoe. The third is going to be Pre-Show Beer, in the South Shore Road Scholar style. Uh, and then I'm going to put the Maybach from Capital Brewing. Okay. Then three left. Ooh, she sheesh, sheesh. Um I'm going to put this Big Eddie that we're drinking now next because while it tasted good from the first couple sips, it doesn't have very much staying power. Mm-hmm. starting every sip now. It's going to be more and more work every sip I try. And then the, uh, the Unplugged from New Glares. Really liked it. Liked it a lot. The Imperial Wheat Grapefruit thing. And then the Tyranina Devil Over a Barrel Brewers Gone Wild Coffee in My Beer, Beer in My Coffee Drink. Woohoo! Good stuff.
0: As is my want, I like to go from first to last. So, uh, okay, Tyranino is my first no surprise there. That was uh, Imperial Oatmeal Porter. Wisconsin, you did yourself good on this one. Uh, you know what? My next one is going to be the Maybach. Okay? I really just, I, you know, I enjoyed the Maybach a lot. I really did. And it was really, it just had some good flavors to it. It wasn't the most spectacular beer in the world. Uh, it's hard to measure up to a lot of the beers we've had lately. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to put the back here. I mean, like it's it's weird, but almost like nothing really measured up to say, you know, wow, how great that Samurai was last week, or or Dale's Pale Ale, which was just, you know, really, really hit me in a great way.
1: Not even the Tyranina?
0: Well, okay, was, <clears> uh, <throat> with the exception of the Tyranina, which was really fantastic. None of the other ones. Uh-huh. Kind of hit me in the same way. I'm not saying Wisconsin's a bad place for beer. I'm sure there are some excellent, excellent stuff, and and this is just a tiny sampling. Absolutely. But it it hasn't really hit along the same level as some of the other shows we've mm-hmm. done. Okay, my next is probably going to be the South Shore Rose Scholar Stout. I th- okay. think. Uh, you know, you know. I guess I liked it. Hmm. It's hard for me to remember, so maybe it's maybe it's just. It's, it's hitting me better on the second time. Yeah, my, my fourth is the Big Eddie, uh, the Russian Imperial Stout, which really had that really good aroma, great first taste, and then kind of petered out. Yeah. Um,
1: it almost tastes like the beer was oxidized, too. I yeah. Think that's kind of why it petered
0: out. Yeah, that could be the case. The. Um, with the unplug the Imperial wheat, you know, I had that kind of problem with it where I was like Is it is it really good and interesting? Is it really bad and interesting? I don't know. All I knew was interesting <laughs> Right. Hard for me to tell which way to go. The snowshoe was metallic. Right. Didn't didn't work right and then the Oso we had to pour out because it really tasted
1: like a rotten nice. apple
0: dumpton dump plastic. Which is is not a good flavor for any of those of you who want to know. Uh, So that's my ranking. Or was it a plastic apple dipped in rotten? Dipped in rotten what? (laughs) Ness. Did I mention I have an answer to the food crisis? Okay. Drink beer? Eat insects. Oh.
1: Yes, there's plenty of those. Plenty of those, When's they're the, easy to uh, make. the cicadas come out again.
0: Plenty of those, easy to make, lots of protein. I just answer the food crisis for you. You don't have to worry about it. When do the cicadas come out again? The, the perennial cicadas come out in 17 years. 16 years. So, hold on. <laughs> just hold on. Big feast in 16 years, Well, the man. perennial ones come out next year, but I mean, the, the, the big ones, yeah. the...
1: That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. So I don't have to put these roads on your plate.